0: Again, If you'll stand for the reading of God's word, uh, we're going to begin uh, look at Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 1 today. Then Jesus was approached by Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem who asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, Why do you break God's commandment? Because of your tradition. For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. What you say, whoever tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is a gift committed to the temple. He does not have to honor his father. And this way you'll nullify the word of God because of your tradition. Hypocrites, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. You may be seated. God laid this upon my heart. Uh, I thought I was going to be preaching about something different today, but then last night, God really moved this, just burned this into me. So I'm um, believing Him that it's for someone uh, today. When you look here, verse uh, chapter 15, and, and if you want to leave your Bibles open, that'd be great because we're actually going to continue on down through verse 20 um, today. But what's happening here to give you a bit of background is uh, Jesus is uh, actually pretty far out um, away from Jerusalem uh, with his disciples. He's out and about and he's ministering and he was far enough out that if you recall, he had to feed the people. There was no place for them to get food uh, in chapter 14. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders and teachers make their way from Jerusalem out to see him. And they're going to observe observe him and his disciples. They're not there to really learn anything as it relates to uh, spiritual things or to learn anything about God or listen to Christ's teaching and benefit from it. They're there simply to observe and report, uh, to watch what's happening and see what they can find on Jesus. And lo and behold, they found something. Uh, they found that the disciples were hungry and they dared to eat without first washing their hands. Now, that's kind of gross if you think about it today because we're being told to wash our hands every time you touch anything. But I want you to bear with me here because there's a purpose for this. Uh, they didn't wash their hands and the Pharisees caught on to this immediately. Now, everything Jesus may have set up to this point, didn't matter to them. And what mattered to them is that they didn't wash their hands, and then they ate. See, it was their tradition, and you're going to notice a difference here. It was the tradition to ceremoniously wash your hands before you ate. So it wasn't a hygiene thing, just a hygiene thing. It was the ceremony of this outward expression of cleansing yourself so that you would not defile yourself, with the food or with anything that was upon you when you ate. That was the tradition. See, the Pharisees and the scribes over time, the religious, uh, basically it started uh, when they, uh, and uh, returning from Babylon, is they began to make extra rules. And they became traditions that were passed down orally and eventually, were regarded to have the same authority as God's actual word. But they were traditions. They were not inspired by God. They were not given by God to Moses. I mean, God gave Moses a lot of law. But washing your hands before you ate wasn't one of them. All right? There were lots of cleansing things, but that was really for Aaron and his family before they went into the presence of God or ministered in in the temple. Uh, but anyway, so the Pharisees and their tradition looked and saw the disciples had not kept up that tradition, and neither did Jesus. They ate without washing their hands. And so they confront Jesus. And they say, Jesus, what is this? That your disciples and you who are trying to be an example and a leader and a teacher, you're trying to be like us, you're not washing your hands. And following the traditions of our fathers. And Jesus has had about enough of these guys. Because remember, there are people around. And they are deliberately trying to embarrass and harass uh, Jesus. They were peaceful protesters. (laughs) Right? Uh, They were deliberately trying to harass Jesus and the disciples for their own gain and benefit. Do you see what I'm saying? Not to learn anything or to grow. And so as they're heckling him from the crowd, they say to him, uh, this accusatory statement, and Jesus has had enough of these guys. Now he's let them have it multiple times, but this is the one apparently that really offended them. (laughs) Because he says to them, you dummies, Why is it that you allow your traditions to overrule the law of God? See, what he points out here is just one example of the Pharisees creating a tradition or their own version of a law to allow them to circumvent the law of Moses, to give them a, a way out. And this particular example... What they were doing is, these these scribes, these teachers, these guys, the Pharisees, and over time, created this tradition where if I say that I'm giving my money to the temple, then I don't have to support my mom and dad. So if my mom and dad are struggling financially, and they're struggling, and they need support, and I don't want to support them for whatever reason, then what I can do is say, well, sorry, I ain't got no money. My money's going to God. And it allowed them to break the command of Moses that was given by God to Moses, which was honor your father and your mother. Three times in scripture, that command specifically is mentioned in the Old Testament. Honor your father and your mother, and you will live long on the earth. Part of honoring your father and your mother is ensuring that in their old age, they are taken care of, their needs are met, and they are not left abandoned. Children, when your parents cannot take care of themselves, we have a responsibility to take care of them. Someday, and hopefully my boys are watching from Texas, boys, you're going to have to take care of your pops and your mama someday. We took care of you. Now, when we get to be old, you got to take care of us. That is a responsibility. But somehow, along the lines, some donnie decided that they had a reason to not help their parents and not honor their father and the mother by taking care of them financially. And so they made this tradition. If I say I'm giving my money to God and the temple, and I don't have enough left over to help my parents, well, that's okay. So they allowed a tradition to override the law of God, to circumvent the law of God. They put their own loophole in place. But of course, that loophole did not mean, does not mean anything to God, did not mean anything to God. In fact, it was an affront to God and it showed the depravity of these leaders that they were so greedy that they were willing to allow their mom and dad to starve or be homeless rather than take care of them and use God as an excuse. Now, let me be gentle here. Let us never allow our own traditions to cause us to reject the word of God. Never allow our own preferences to cause us to reject the Word of God. Uh, when I was uh, going through some of my troubled years running from God, uh, I like to find all kinds of excuses to be mad at God, as well as His people, His children, uh, his, his pastors or teachers or whatever, the leaders. I like to find excuses. And so I would find something that made me uncomfortable or something I did not like, not necessarily in the Bible, but something that rubbed me the wrong way. And I would use this as an excuse to either be disrespectful, to not submit to their authority. Now, I'm sure I'm the only one that has ever done anything like that. You guys are all angels. But the truth is, is uh, we, at times, in church, we allow our personal preference To override what God says to the point that some people will stop going to God's house. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, When I was a kid, I had it drilled into my head that you did not wear shorts to church. In fact, there was a dress code for church. Mm -hmm. Right? There was a dress code. And if you did not wear or meet that dress code, something was wrong. And for some reason, there was an expectation for people who didn't even know God to meet the dress code. Right. That is a tradition of man.
1: Yes, sure.
0: Right? Uh, and I can remember as a, a middle schooler and even as a high schooler going to family training hour, a Wednesday night Bible study a youth group, and embarrassed to wear shorts because I felt shame and guilt at wearing shorts in God's house. Why? Because a tradition had been drilled into me that you could not wear shorts. That's nowhere in the Bible. That's right. That's right. Thou shalt not wear, you know, knee, pants cut off at the knees. Right? That's nowhere. And it's definitely not a place where you and I can enforce that on people that don't know God. Right? Amen. How are they supposed to know our dress code? That's right? Right? And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about today. I have known people who can never find a church to go to because they are constantly looking for a reason to be offended because of their own traditions or their own preferences. Nothing to do with Scripture. Everything to do with them and their selfishness. And so excuses made time and time again to not find a body to belong to, to not be in God's house because they always find something wrong. Well, here's the thing, folks. When you're in a hospital, there are sick people.
1: That's
0: right. Amen. You don't go to a hospital looking for everybody to be healthy. You know, when you walk in there, it's a place for sick people. The church is a place for sick people. We serve the great physician, and we are, you know, he heals us spiritually, and he's developing us, but we're sick. And one of the great things about God's house is is we're sick, and you're sick, and I'm sick, and we can be sick together. And we can support each other and take care of each other and uplift one another. Your sickness should not cause me to not come to the house of the Lord. And my sickness should not cause you to not come to the house of the Lord. When I say sickness, I mean my sin. Because your sin has nothing to do with me. That's
1: right. Man. Very good. how it
0: Right. But what we like to do is like the Pharisees who are trying to cover their own inadequacies because they are feeling abandoned by the people and they're jealous of Jesus and they're jealous of these disciples and these uneducated guys who are uh, following around and got this ginormous group of people following them. We know from the feeding of the 5,000 there are at least 10 or 15,000 people out there following these, you know, 13 guys around. Right. Jesus and his 12 disciples. They were jealous. And they wanted a reason to get him and not have to listen to what he had to say. And if we get to the heart of the issue, the reason that we make excuses to not be in the house of God is because we do not really want to hear what God has to say. Amen. They did not want to hear what Jesus had to say, so they were trying to find reasons to discredit him. Uh-huh. Even if it meant... Based on the traditions of man. Even if it meant some rule that had nothing to do with God's word. Well, I don't like that the pastor has a beard. I don't like that he's fat. I don't like that the praise and worship team doesn't have any drums. I don't like so and so's this. And I don't like so and so's that. And we find reasons. Not because we really have a problem with those things, but because we want an excuse not to be in the house of God. And we wonder why we never find a place where we can be planted. It's because we keep uprooting rooting ourselves. Amen. We never let our roots take hold so that we can be nourished by the soil and changed Amen. by the power of the sun. Amen. See, a plant without their roots properly uh, uh, in, you know, in the earth and rooted in, will be burned up by the sun.
1: Right.
0: But a plant that has got a good root system, that is, you know, uh, in a good soil, when the sun shines and the rain comes, it will grow. Uh-huh. So when we see people, and I'm trying desperately to apply this to myself, when I see people who come and always have a reason not to stay and can never find a home and they go to this church and they go to that church and they go for a few weeks and then they find a reason not to go. It's not the church. Mm -hmm. They're not rejecting the church. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting God. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, I know I'm not the best preacher in the world, but I know this, the word of God is taught. You may not like it, but it is God's word. It may make me uncomfortable, but it's God's word. I don't sugarcoat. I don't lie. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Our praise and worship is real. Yep. You know, uh, it may be hard to hide in our church because we're small, <laughs> but the word is real. The worship is real. God is here. So if they're not returning, it's because they're rejecting God. And so, you know, we need to look at that and we need to pray for those people. We need to do introspection on ourselves. Are we always looking for reasons to be offended and discredit either the leaders? Am I trying to discredit the pastor because I don't like what he has to say? So when he looked at me or didn't smile one day, I'm going to use that as an excuse to be angry. Mm -hmm. I did that and you know you've done it at some point too, if you'll admit it. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Tanya, for being... Oh, I just said your name. I should have said that out loud. You. But thank you for being honest. I'm not the only one. That makes me feel good. Um, and we look, we don't like this person. They rub us the wrong way. And so therefore, well, God must not be there. Right? When it has something to do with God and everything to do with me. Sometimes I'm the sandpaper and they're not. Sometimes I'm the one rubbing people the wrong way, but I'm, not, I'm too blind to realize I'm the one doing it. And I make excuses and, and, and so that I don't feel guilt or shame. And these Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus for one reason and one reason only, to discredit him, to find some reason, which they did over and over again, to discredit his message. All right, let's keep looking. So he says, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching us doctrines, human commands. We have a group of evangelical preachers, some of which are very high up, who are so angry at, for whatever reason that they are Uh, teaching their own opinions and not the word of God, right? And they even come up with very clever reasons to justify using scripture why they are like that. Because either they had a bad experience or there's something frightens them or they don't want to lose hold of what they have. I'm not sure what the reason is, but like the Pharisees and the scribes, They say and sound pretty with their mouths, and they got their suits, and they got their big churches, and they look good, and they're eloquent. But on the inside, they're angry, and they're hurt, Mm -hmm. and they're sad, and they're frustrated, right? Uh, And and they teach their opinion, and not God's word. And there are people that are completely and utterly being swayed by this. Mm -hmm. And people are eating it up. And here's the thing. They get angrier and angrier and angrier and more bitter and more bitter and more bitter. When you listen to those type of preachers who are constantly angry, under the guise of preaching God's truth and no love, it will actually cause you to become angry and judgmental. Now I'm all about preaching God's word. I'm all about learning. I'm all about studying. I'm all about, I have changed my mind based on my own studies and my theology has changed based on studying God's word over time as I get older and look at things differently and through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not saying I'm against, I am for God's word and God's truth being preached whether it hurts or not.
1: Yeah.
0: But I'm also against itinerant preachers out of anger beating down people who disagree with them. Mm -hmm. And they are producing Christians that are attacking each other. Who are living question of salvations of fellow uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. I did not mean to go this way. But the truth is, we have to be careful that we don't become like that. So ingrained in our own traditions that we preach tradition and opinion and not the word of God. Not just with our mouths, but also with our lives and the choices that we make. Amen. Jesus goes on to say, or it goes on to say in Matthew chapter 15. Summing the crowd, he told them, listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came up and told him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He replied, Every plant that my Heavenly Father didn't plant will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind guide the blind, both will fall into a pit. Wow! After Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and called them hypocrites and pointed out their hypocrisy and called them, basically he told them that they were sinners, because they were breaking the law of, of God, uh, the disciples said, You know, they got mad at you that time. That one hurt their feelings. Uh-huh. And so obviously their expression and their reaction was enough that everyone noticed that that one hurt. And Jesus said, I don't care that I hurt their feelings. That's essentially what he's saying here. I don't care because they're the blind leading the blind. And when the blind follow the blind, they both fall in the pit. He made a little joke. When the blind follow the blind, they both fall in the hole. Right? And he said, that which my God, my father, did not plant. That word plant actually means system. And so in this context, you could almost say that God will remove any religious system that he did not plant. So, any system that is out there proclaiming to be of God that is not actually of God, it is the blind leading the blind into a pit. Mm. And they're not there planted by God. And there are a lot of religious systems out there claiming to know God that were not planted by God. Mm. Right? There's a lot of leaders out there leading churches and leading ministries that are claiming to be of God, but they are not of God. They were not planted by God. Mm -hmm. And it says that God will uproot them. He will tear them out of the ground. Mm -hmm. That whole system and their leadership. And Peter said, well then, uh, explain this parable to us. And so what he goes on to say As he says, you still lack understanding. Don't you realize that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a person. Jesus is saying, your dirty hands do not defile you spiritually. Me not washing my hands before I eat does not defile you spiritually. What defiles me spiritually is what comes out of my heart. You got a heart that is a well full of hate and bitterness and lust and greed, eventually the bucket's going to come up with hate, lust, and greed in it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? Eventually you're going to draw from that well, and you're going to get some of the stuff that's down in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, That's what Jesus is saying. And that's what defiles us. It's not the whether you wear shorts to church or not. It's the watching Netflix TVMA when nobody's watching. That <laughs> defiles us. Oh, wow. Amen. Right? But we're sitting here criticizing the preacher for being fat. Meanwhile, we're at home basically watching soft pornography when no one else is around. Oh, right? Who, wants, who here wants, you want your Netflix history checked out? You know what I'm saying? Amen. The same people who make excuses not to be in the house of God because they don't preach the word or because so and so, so and so. They're the ones at home secretly participating in behaviors that are what actually defiles them. Amen. Right? Uh, I don't like the way someone's dressed, but at home we're doing and participating in activities that are inappropriate mm-hmm. and make God sick to his stomach. They, that make, that because we're defiling ourselves spiritually. Yeah. You know, they say, the Bible says that sexual immorality is the worst of all sins in some ways because it defiles the inside of a man. The other sins, like gluttony, that's the flesh. It's a sin, but it defiles the outside of a man. Sexual immorality, it defiles the inside, the spirit, and everything. It is ingrained into us. And boy, is it hard to get out. It becomes almost a part of our DNA. And we got people that will make every excuse to blame a church for for not staying or attending. And they are filled with sexual immorality and lust in their hearts. They are bound to habits that are revolting according to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus says... For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, and slander. That is what defiles a man. Not unclean food and not unclean hands, but sin is what defiles a man. And the Pharisees were... All about the outside while ignoring the inside. In fact, in one place, they are called whitewashed sepulchers. Beautifully clean on the outside, but on the inside, a rotten tomb with nothing but filth and, uh, you know, disease on the inside. So we must be careful as children of God. That we are, when we are out in this world, that we're not judging people based on our preferences. Let us not be like the Pharisees, constantly looking for a reason to be disgruntled and to discredit the word of God or the leader or the teacher or whatever the case may be, uh, the body. But let us seek God to heal and cleanse us and cleanse that which truly defiles us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.